Hi everyone, welcome to the Electrician Success Academy. Really excited to be sharing this episode with you today. Just before we start, I just wanna let you guys know we've got an awesome offer where we're giving away one month free Academy Mastermind membership. That's on us, $276 worth of value and a one-on-one coaching session valued at $750 to ensure that you have the best year yet. We wanna make sure that we help as many people and electricians as possible this year. Make this an awesome year, less stress, more freedom and bigger amount of growth with a better game game plan and less mistakes. So if that sounds like something you want to jump onto for limited time, go to sign up at www.electricians-success-academy.com and use coupon code 2021 at the sign up process and you'll get that $1,000 worth of coaching absolutely free. So let's get into this one. Thanks so much. I'll see you guys soon. Righto. <laughs> uh, 35. Male, Rainbow Bay. Nice. Name? Cameron McCracken. Company name? CRM Electrical Industries. Right. Where did you do your apprenticeship so, so I did my apprenticeship at a um, company in Brizzy called T2 Electrical and Data. Um, I was actually their first ever apprentice yeah, when they first started, so yeah. yeah. Um, based in sort of, yeah, southern Brisbane area. So, what kind of works were you doing as a apprentice? Um, so we pretty much did it all. We had a big council contract um, to start with. So we used to do heaps of service and maintenance, uh, heaps of reactive work, um, and sort of, you know, just anything from like a house that obviously the council owned or anything like that, right through to they had massive depots all over the place. Um, so I was really, really lucky. I got exposed to heaps of um heaps of variety i suppose of work at the end of the day so right from you know like small cables and then like we do like a generator installation for like a 630 amp switchboard and things like that so it was super 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 really good i was really fortunate i reckon and you were saying earlier that you got thrown into a van after two years yeah yeah yeah. how'd you feel about that um pretty wild uh like i think i was saying like yeah the first job i distinctly remember the first job we used to work for boys town which i think is Everyone knows they have like those prize homes and all that sort of stuff. But we used to look after all of their like um, community assets and sort of like their offices and stuff like that. And I remember going there and I it was lost the power. Literally had no idea what I was doing. Didn't even know. I knew what a mega was, but I didn't really know how to use it. And I sort of just walked around and like tapped the wall and sort of flick stuff in the switchboard. And then eventually it held. And I sort of was just like, this is sweet. Um, catch up. Power's back on. And. I guess now in hindsight, you'd be like, well, I'm sure the phone rang again later that day or probably the next day when the fault occurred again because I didn't clear anything. So, yeah, it was good fun. Um, taught me a lot, though. I, I really am sort of like fortunate and grateful for it all. Looking back, when you got thrown into the deep end, do you throw your apprentices in a similar kind of deep end? No, I wouldn't go to that length. I think there's a need to expose them to certain, um, certain things or certain jobs, but I think it needs to be managed. Um, in what you do with them to give them like exposure, but also without being sort of reckless, I suppose. Uh, Cause I'm pretty conscious of like your, the image of the of your business, cause it is a brand at the end of the day. Um, so I wouldn't do anything that sort of like would cause me dramas at the end of the day, but I'd be like more than happy to do something that I thought they were capable of. Um, but I'd also prep them up on what it is. And then also um, be available on the phone so that they feel confident in it. Um, but I think it is necessary. You just got to sort of, I guess, judge the person. Manage sort of gauge. 
yeah, and see how old they are. I think that has a big thing to do with it and see what their skill set's like and communicate to them. Like, don't just be like, oh, hey, man, um, got a job for you to go to right now. Um, just go and wing it. Um, I think you'd be better off to, like, communicate them in some, like, um, some kind of training or some kind of um, review meeting and be like, hey, man, this is what I'm thinking of doing. Do you feel comfortable with it? And they'd be like, yeah, yes or no, and then you can gauge it from there. What made you want to start your own business? I guess, um, so what made me want to do it is that I always sort of had a bit of a desire to do it, but I also wanted like a lot of exposure to the industry. So I actually went out, moved to Darwin, um, got a job out there in a big gas plant and sort of about halfway through the job, I just sort of found it real sort of uh, soul destroying sort of place, like big construction job, everyone was real negative. Um, well, not everyone, but there was a lot of negativity on the job. And I was just like, this isn't for me. So I, I thought I can probably have a crack at this. Um, you know, all the things that you think about, you're like, oh, I'll set up financial freedom and I'll have heaps of time, go for a surf, I'll go to the gym, I'll, you know, I'll see all my mates. When in reality, it's the complete opposite. Yeah, you get into it. To the mines as such. Yeah. Earning huge money. Yep. The potential to keep earning huge money. Yeah. Just didn't find it. I didn't find it enjoyable. Yeah, nah, sort of like we had a little little bubba, little baby boy, he was about a year old, I think, when I left. Um, probably could have got another two years out of the project, I reckon, maybe or 18 months, 12 months out of it. Um, but I just didn't find it fulfilling. Like it got to the end, like where I literally struggled to get out of bed every day to like, I'd be running to the bus to make it on time, like last person on and things like that. And I was just like, this isn't it for me. And so yeah, moved back to the Gold Coast. We sort of chose that that was our place we wanted to live. I'd spent a bit of time here before and my wife was from the Goldie. And I just thought, you know, I can just do the simple things better than other people. Like I'll just make sure I answer my phone, you know, um, sort of give a good service and, and sort of, you know, offer the best that I can be. And yeah, it was sort of a bit of an eye opener, to so be you honest. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so about six months beforehand, I started prepping everything. So I got my licenses in order, got some, uh, got all my branding sort of sorted out, bought a car. Um, started reaching out to all the people that I sort of knew and no one was left on the Goldie. They'd all sort of moved. So I was like, oh, what do I do here? Um, but yeah, like real conscious decision. It started on like the 1st of July. We moved back into May, did a big road trip home and sort of just was like, yeah, this is the start of it. And sort of just, yeah. How'd it go? Did you subcontract at the start? No, nah, I've never done any subcontract. Oh, I've probably done, sorry. I've probably done like maybe a handful of days. Yeah, yeah. In all seriousness, I sort of, it's never been a, I'd rather not do it, to be perfectly honest. I sort of, I found it to be an easy option. Like I may as well be on wages. Um, so I um, made a decision to be like, no, I'll just chase my own work. Um, obviously I had a little bit of money saved up, so it wasn't paramount that I have to hit the ground running every single day. I had a bit of like a buffer, yeah, which made right. things really easy. Um, I picked up a old uh, bloke, a customer I'd worked with in the past. Um, and he gave me my, my first couple of jobs. Um, so I reached out to um, an old, like my old boss and he put me in contact with a fellow we used to work with. And so he gave me like my first little like decent little job. He was doing like some demountable work and stuff like that. So then I had that and just sort of picked up bits and pieces. I had no idea what AdWords was. I had no idea how to market or anything like that. I just like literally knocked on doors, like rang heaps of people. Didn't really have a plan though. I'd sort of be like, ring them and they'd be like, Oh no, we're already happy with our spark. We're like, oh, sweet, no worries. Go to the next person. Um, did had a had a website, so like that got me a little bit of traction. But yeah, picked up my main sort of gig, and then I ended up doing about um, a three month job in Sydney for um, the same fella. He had a job down at Warwick Farm, 
and um, it's pretty good. And I had a couple of mates who I'd worked with in the mines and they were on the gas plant and they put me, I put it, I got in contact with them. I'm like, hey, do you want a subby to me down there? So I just fly down like once every fortnight and they do all the work during the week. And then I just pop in and make sure everything was all okay. Um, so yeah, that was pretty good. Um, bit stressful though, like had a lot of money owing to me at some points and I was like, oh no, what am I gonna do? Um, didn't tell my missus or anything like that. I just kept it all to myself. Um, and that sort of first year just sort of flew by and then sort of just traction. Just you talk to people and yeah, just sort of winged it from there, I suppose. Good, yeah. Um, so what, what are, what's like the biggest things you've learned in business and setting up? Obviously you're a bit wild at start. Yeah. Do it without thinking. Yeah. Thinking a bit clearly, like I think, what advice would you give someone to ready to start their business? Oh, definitely have like a plan in place, like right from like, this is how I want to attract customers what target market you want to go after, um, know what your pricing is going to be, um, figure out what your overheads are, because uh, there's no point just ringing up the like 10 local Sparkies or jumping on a website and them telling you that dictating to be like, oh, hey, this should be the price that you charge, like actually understand your numbers, like talk to an accountant about it, reach out to like an established electrician um, in the area or like talk to master electricians or something like that. Um, but yeah, sort of have a real plan and, and find your market that you want to that you want to target, and then develop your plan around that. And it could be as simple as you know, I want to work for builders, so to speak, and then just start harassing builders because eventually you'll get a yes, and then it can be your foot in the door, and you can build some traction from there. So your initial harassing of builders or whoever is that just phone or popping the sites? Both. So I popped in, and then I would give me an awkward situation. Oh, so like I remember, I actually so I'd always try and get a foot in the door. Yeah. And I remember this one, it was a real estate agency and like obviously everyone knows pretty much now that they're probably like the hardest to crack in the world because they just get people harassing them every day. And I had the lady's name because a contact of mine was really, really good friends with the owner's uh, mum. And so I was chatting to her at the front desk and then she was so lovely and then I was like, oh, so-and-so here. And she heard the conversation, like she just slid out around the corner and she just like, was like, yeah. And I was like, oh God, we're on a bad start here. And just introduced myself and sort of was like, what I was gonna offer. And just like, she's just like nothing, just gave me nothing. I like tried to give her a little bit more and she just wasn't interested in it. And I remember just leaving that and I was just like, that was horrible. Like that was so bad. Just didn't want to bar me. Um, it was actually pretty funny. And like in the end, I'm sort of, you don't want to work for those people anyway. Ultimately, what point did you start laughing about that one? Um, a couple of years later. No, nah, probably not. I, like I sort of probably when I got home and I yeah, sort of yeah, told yeah. the wife about it. I sort of told her the experience, and she was like, "Oh, that's pretty brutal." And I'm like, "Yeah, that was pretty hectic." But then it sort of made me realise that you sort of not everyone's for you. So like yeah. that's just the way it is. <laughs> right. That's ultimately that's it, right? so like and just a bit of like water off a duck's back sort of thing. Just like oh well, like what do you do? There's always someone else. Because I remember like my old. Old boss said to me, he's like, you know, if you knock on 10 doors, you'll probably get one. He said, if you get one and you get a job out of it, laughing. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's a bit of a, I suppose, just a stat, I suppose. What about the other nine? The other nine Olympics up there? That's it, so. Yeah. And then there's opportunities like nowadays, I know like you can follow them up and build like a bit of a relationship with them. But yeah, didn't, didn't know that at the start. I was just like, oh, well, I know there's a no catch out onto the next one. Yeah, and tell me about, um, when you decided to reach out to me. Yeah. So I got on the ESA. Yeah. Um, Where'd you see it? So on socials um, is where I saw Facebook. it. Facebook, yeah, yep. So I saw it on Facebook and just I guess, 
scrolling, yeah, mindless scrolling, killing time. And I remember um, my wife, I, uh, not for a little, probably, I just remember my wife was away for a girl's trip. I was just home with, um, I think we only had, might have had two, I can't remember. I was just chilling in bed like 9.30 at night and I probably had been procrastinating for a bit and I was like, you know what? What's the worst? Like, you just you join it and then like, it's no good and you just say no and just like bail on it all. So I remember just clicking on it, then it came up and yeah, sort of just went from there. Cause I was, I sort of, I knew I needed help. I just didn't know what, and, and not so much a help from a point of view is like, I know everything and all that sort of stuff. It's more like, how can I turbocharge this? Like, how can I make it? I just don't want to be like this, like just real baby steps forever. Like I sort of just want to, well bit of a propel. Yeah, I was pretty happy with where I was and I sort of just knew I needed a bit of like structure, I suppose, sort of, but I didn't know what that structure was. And I just, I remember I used to spend hours just like Googling things and be like, what's the best project management software or what's the best way to do this or what's the best way to do that? Business wasn't in guys, right? Nah. Doing pretty good and wanted to do better or doing okay. I was doing okay and just wanted to do better because I was... Um, what were you not doing um, better? Probably just like wasn't finding new customers really. Like everyone was coming to me. Um, probably had no process for anything. So like it was all just what I knew. Um, and probably just wanted to just hear other people's ideas. Like I always, I've always read like biographies and things like that and always just how people succeeded and how they do well I suppose um and I was just interested in like let's shortcut all the you know errors like let, I need to make the errors heaps of people have made them before me so let's figure that out ourselves uh so let's figure that out through the help of others um which probably sort of like drove me to it and coming into the academy like what did you was like where did you start um yeah so there's heaps of content so I sort of just um I think I just can't really remember too much, but I remember just sort of absorbing a bit of content. But then I think then we were doing like a, I think maybe a mastermind per week. So the thing, so I just to make sure I get involved in that and sort of just pick little like nuggets out of that and try and work on those. Um, and then, you know, you sort of make your own luck a little bit, I suppose. And then sort of things just started to come along. Cause I think that was in like Feb, um, early Feb one year, must have been 2018 or 2019, I can't remember, man, to be honest, must have been 2019. And then sort of, um, it sort of just snowballed a little bit and gave me the real confidence just to be like, put on a tradesman. So then I started searching for one, identified one, um, and then put him on towards the end of the year. Talk me through that, getting your first trade. So first trading. So did you have a plan? Go about it. So first trade, um, Literally, I was doing a job for some family friends at a block of flats at Kira. Um, and Morgo, my tradie, his grandma lives there at the unit block. And they're family friends with my wife's side of the family and everyone knows them. And when I was there, um, Grace was Grace and Faye were like, oh, hey, um, my grandson's a sparky. He's coming back from South America. Do you need anyone? So I just got their num his number off them and just text him and we started chatting for a bit and he was working on a solar farm just to get a bit of money behind him because he just got back from traveling. And yeah, we just, that was it. I was like, yeah, man, there's a job if you want it sort of thing. Cause I was just like, oh, well, better sort of, you know, someone and just went from there. So you just, you just did it? Yeah, I just did it. Yeah. So the thing, cause I knew I needed it like, cause I was just, 
run off my feet and we're having another no we'd already had another kid i can't remember no we're having our third then i was just like i needed help like yeah. on the tools side of thing because lots of opportunity was gone so i just put more going on and like yeah we just we had so much work that whole summer like sort of end of the year into the summer I was just like quoting, doing jobs, and yeah, it was good. Did you find that staff member just relieved you of a bit more pressure? Yeah, well, I didn't have to be everywhere. So my priority then was like find 40 hours for him every week, and then I can do whatever comes in around it all and make it all work. You're probably just getting back to more people and yep. being more yep. active on the phone and getting more work from doing that. Stuff. Yeah, hundred. And then like, so I could quote quicker. So like, more gonna be like, oh, hey, we found this on the job. Um, they're like cool with it. So he just sent me all the details. And then, um, yeah, I'd just be able to quote them like within sort of 48 hours, I suppose, and get it out to them. And the big, the first thing I did before that is actually I put Simpro, I changed to Simpro when I was still like just to, just by myself. Like massive outlay, it was like four and a half grand, I think, sort of thing. But like, like, you did Simpro when you were just me. Yeah, just me. Because I, the reason I did it was is because I'd worked at my old company and we we're about probably 10 or 12 of us. And we went from paper to a computer system. And I just remember how painful it was. And I was just like, you know what? I don't ever need this in my life ever again. So I'm just going to go bang, bite the bullet, take, because I knew I wanted to grow the business and be in it long term. So I was like, this is an investment. So I put that on and like, it was life changing. Like you'd see where all your numbers are and like where your hours are and like what sort of estimated sort of profits you can make on it sort of thing. And yeah, so I just did that. So and how, how important was that? back-end infrastructure, like a job management system, in your growth, you Yeah, it just makes everything so easy. It's like, it's so important. I feel like it just, I look at Simpro every day for, for data and where we're at with jobs. Um, yeah, I, I really think it's important to, to have that, particularly if you have the mindset of growing just a bit as well. Because um, you're only as good as the systems or the programs that you're using. So if you're using a outdated or limited program it sort of can it can stunt your growth and then if you already got a few guys on like the whole change of it all becomes a nightmare whereas i only ever have to train the guys in that one program and we can continually improve on it but I just have to do it once rather than be like oh hey this is how we used to do it forget all that this is the new way yeah good and what advice would you have for someone thinking about putting on their first uh trade or apprentice yeah just do it do it. yeah just do yeah. it yeah because you can always get rid of them if it doesn't work out because um, I actually my first ever hire was an apprentice um, earlier in that year um, so I he I after what I found was after three months with him is I was more burnt out than I was before because I had to be on the job every single day with him so I'd like pick him up or we'd meet on the job I'd work all day on the tools or set him up and I'd be trying to do things um, during the day and then I'd get home and work all night and I was just like this is torture I can't keep doing this um, so yeah I just sort of I just said look man it's not working out sorry and then as soon as I put Borgo on as a tradesman I was just like oh, how good is this like he could just go to do jobs by himself how quick did that next tradesman after go? Um, so well that came in and then COVID hit six months later um, and actually Morgo put a drill through his wrist on a job, unlike like a drill snapped and ended up putting a drill through his wrist. So he went on workers comp right on COVID. So I was like, this isn't too bad because everyone was like all doom and gloom. Um, but what happened is I actually picked up more work than ever. Um, so Morgo was out for like 12 weeks, but probably like I think everyone remembers when COVID hit, there was a bit of a lull for probably a month. So I sort of just 
strategize with ways that I could keep going. Um, I bumped up my Google ads while everyone was, the ad manager was telling me everyone was dropping them. So I put mine up, nailed some awesome jobs, put a casual dude on who was an old mate of mine um, who I met in Darwin. He helped me out. So I just go set him up on jobs every day and then landed like a couple of decent jobs. Um, and then Morgo came back. So he finished for me all them. So that was mid last year. And then, um, yeah, so Morgo, and then I went tradesman August, tradesman October, apprentice January. Wow. Yeah. Every, any advice to the second and third tradesman? Uh, so, or you just like, just do it now? Yeah, so just, so you gotta have the work obviously, or have the pipeline for it, or feel the need to chase, because you can always put them on and you go do the chasing every day, so you don't have to be on the tools. Um, which I think probably a lot of guys think, like I have to be on the tools, I have to be on the tools. No, I get them on the tools. And what I did with um, my second hire, Dan actually reached out to me earlier in the year. So I keep every tradesman who ever reaches out to me on file and I go through them and contact them and sort of like, um, like, you know, grade them sort of thing. And then also we put an ad out as well just to build up a bit of a uh, sort of supply of tradies. So I went, uh, so I was able to hire him, then I was able to hire Nick straight away as well because I already had him interviewed, done everything like that. So it was super easy um, for it all. And then um, I actually just hired another guy as well recently. And the way I got him is because it's a bit of a dearth of talent out there at the moment, just with everyone being so busy, is that I actually, in the end, um, one of my tradies came to me and said, oh, i got a mate, my brother's mate's interested. Um, so then I was like, oh, let's create, I spoke with Mitch in the academy as well. I was like, oh, let's incentivize them. So I give my boys an incentivization at three months, six months and 12 months if their hire stays on that time, because I may as well give them money as opposed to like a big multinational like Seek or someone like that to, you know, and then they know, like they wouldn't hire someone who they don't want to work with is the way I look at it. Yeah. So sometimes your team is your best talent spotter. So you've given your team like a finder's fee. Yep. Kind of thing. Yep. Great, that's worked out well. Yeah, well, they were receptive to it. Yeah, 100%. They made more money for your team. That's it, yeah. Receptive about. Yeah, 100%. Um, and what are your takeaways from the academy? Uh, did you do incubator? Yeah, I did an incubator. Yeah, so I did that August last yeah. year. Yeah. What, what'd you think? Love that. Um, I felt like it was a real team. So I still talk to a couple of the boys really, really often um, and regularly from that incubator. It was a whirlwind, full on, like, I probably like everyone like we i try to take too much away from it rather than just focusing on a couple of things but then that led me into continuing on um i just think it's so beneficial from a proven people have tried different ways point of view so why stumble and why fall over yourself um and people might look at the cost of certain things but i always look at them and be like all right so sweet so if i spend half a day trying to google something or trying to figure it out myself what's that worth so why don't I just pay someone else to do it or pay someone else to help me yeah, find it? It's kind of like doing all your own admin, right? Yeah. What's the point? What, what's well, the opportunity cost? 100%. What's the value cost? Of 100%. So I really feel that it's been, um, I like that side of it so that I can, it's proven ways or, or different methods. And you don't have to pick up everything, but like you can chat to other guys. Plus also, I really like the sense of community. Um, real awesome team. Like I talk to guys nearly every day on that in the chat. Um, one of the boys rang me on Friday about a fault. Just he's like, man, can I just pick your brain? I don't know what's going on. So Did we had, solve it? didn't solve it, but we had, I tossed up a few more ideas. Like I was like, have you disconnected this and disconnected that to, so you don't get a false 
reading on it. Um, and yeah, it's just good. Like you sort of, it's just a good team environment. Um, you know, there's more more than one way to skin a cat as well. And what, what have you takeaways been? It's been cost of operations or? Yeah, so it's probably like um, value. So there's perception of value, which you need to convey to your customer. Um, we're the expert. That's the biggest thing I preach to my team is like, we're the expert in our trade. Um, you know, so be confident and back yourself in those, um, in a situation. You know, like you wouldn't go to the mechanic and be like, mate, uh, you know, I'll tell you what to do or, you know, he'll come back to you and be like, hey mate, your brake pads are about to go, um, probably time to change them. So likewise, if we identify something, um, inform the customer about it. And I think a lot of guys don't want to do that because they're like, oh, they're just going to think I want to take more money off them, more money. But you're not taking more money off them because they don't have to do it straight away. All you're doing is you're offering them the value and the expertise that, hey, I've identified this issue, just wanted to let you know, if you want to get it fixed, it's going to be this much. I think it's on a traffic light system, it should be done either yes, straight away, or it can be done in a month, it's not going to matter. So you give the customer some options around it all and just communicate. I think like we were talking about before, we probably just don't communicate enough at all with our customers or with our team and everything like that. So the more you communicate, the more um, trusted you become with that customer and the more informed they are. I've got a theory on communication. Yeah, go. Communication is not as good as great communication, but it's better than no communication. Yeah, 100%. And that's it. Trying to get perfect and certain staff management or perfect workload or perfect wording, and it's just better to get it out there yeah. and then feel it out. 100%, yeah. Stuff happens. Yeah, yeah, because you can always refine that process, but yeah, get it out there. So, yeah, so I agree. And what do, you, what do you like about your job? Um, I actually, I've always loved being a Sparky, which um, a lot of people get blown away by like other guys in the industry you know they're like i hate it i've never liked it or this thing but i love my job i just love i'm helping people like getting solutions for them and then like you flick the switch on it's just like woof and like people genuinely are like this looks awesome you know or like hey we can do this and that to benefit you so it could be like hey what about the new iconic range of switches or you know slim line or something like that and we can change out these lights for you to get you the effect that you're after and then and then it all comes together and it's like this is awesome plus also the safety side of it making sure that people's places are safety and properties are safe because i think that's undervalued yeah. that you know we're the experts in it and you know like safety switches they save you they save your life and then also like smoke alarms like they're two simple things that you can do in every single job just to identify and let the customer know you got three young kids. Yeah. Imagine if the smoke detectors weren't working. Yeah. Electricians didn't inform them. Yeah. You'd be, yeah. yeah. And that's what I always tell my boys. I'm like, you know, how would you feel if you didn't tell the customer and then I gave you a call a week later and said, hey, man, I just had this news about this property we're at. This is what's happened. How would you feel? And if you gave them all the information and they didn't do it, you can't make them do it. Your job's been done. But if you didn't give them any information and an accident or incident happened, like, you'd feel terrible. What are some common like um, what are some fears you've had that you've like overcome? Um, I mean, probably going broke is sort of one thing that everyone always thinks still about not broke. in business. Yeah. Nah, still not broke. Um, three kids will send me there though, I think. They'll but get you there pretty quicker than quicker than others. But yeah, I think um, you know managing your cash flow um, is sort of you know you look at all the bills going out and you're like, why isn't this person paid? Um, so like we started to put more processes in place um, which alleviate those issues as well um, the type of client you go after 
Um, probably that 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 was a, that's a fear I think everyone has in business that you're like, oh, geez, I hate to. Like failure, right? Yeah, well, it feels like failure um, for it all. And then obviously, you know, if the phone's not ringing or you're not getting any inquiry, you're like, man, what, what am I doing? Do people not like me? Or and it could, it's just simple things to to generate that that workflow that you need. Um, yeah, I probably don't have too many other fears too much because I sort of I'm a bit gung ho, like sort of just just do, it. just do it and then like we'll deal with it sort of later. Um, you know, say yes and then figure out how we're going to do it. Best mate plays NRL. Yeah. NRL. Yeah, yeah. What kind of disciplines have you taken away from that? Oh man, like, so professional athlete, like it's ridiculous, man. Like what they what they do. I, I mean, if I could do half the stuff he does, but just like the, you know, like we, you just got to have a, and I'm nowhere near perfect, but like the discipline that they show and their ability to say no to certain things and their the way they look after themselves. Um, is I think phenomenal and like I, for any professional athlete in any sport, I just take my hat off to them. Like the, the training and dedication from that they, from such young age. Like we, I remember like he left three days into schoolies. So we had three days at schoolies week. We all partied for like another two weeks or another, you know, forever how long he went bang straight into professional environment. So I always take my hat off to him and like I've always sort of like looked up to him and just be like, man, this is, that's so cool. Like that you're sort of so, disciplined to do it all but i think takeaways from it all is just you know you don't have to do everything that they do but just you know um follow like a have a have like a process or like a bit of normality every single day to it all um have some structure around it also if you like doing um certain things make them your priority every day because they're the things that make you happy so there's no point working 25 hours a day every single day because it doesn't make you happy. So like, if you like going for a surf or you like going for a swim, we like going to the gym, we like having a coffee with your mates, like make them fill your week out with those things first and then feel working around it. And if you're not coping, hire people or seek advice or like join the academy or something like that to find out how you can better yourself. Um, because I think they're the priority. That's what I always sort of am striving towards to sort of get a really good balance in my life where I'm happy with it all and so, so see, seeing you mate go like you know i want to play nrl yeah i guess setting that goal and doing it yeah um what's a good goal you think for people starting their own businesses should it be like like a turnover goal or a product goal yeah or... i think i think you should have like a, a turnover goal um i think also too like you don't have to be you know you don't want to be the cheapest in the room like, or cheapest in the area at all so like set yourself like um apart by being different to other people. So it could be like good communication or answering your phones, um, little things like that. Cause you hear so many people like, we get we get customers say, hey, thanks for turning up. Well, I was literally at a job this afternoon uh, beforehand where they were like, thanks for coming. The last Sparky's just bailed and never called us back. Um, came for a disconnect and has never come back. Um, so there's like just, I think it's the little things and, and, and sort of just work on, um, you know, having like a achievable goals as well. So. And there's nothing wrong with achieving it early because then you just set a bigger one and chase it. So probably, you know, set like a turnover or type of customer you're after or how many jobs you're doing a week or the value of a job um, sort of thing and, and go from there. Um, but just have a crack at it, I reckon. And since joining the academy, your turnover's gone bananas, right? Yeah. Can you give us some loose, some loose figures? Yeah, so 
Super loose. Uh, probably like we're doubled um, from 12 months ago. A easy. So, um, yeah, and, and probably. More, more profitable now? Yeah, yeah, way yeah, more profitable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, we're, yeah, way more, way more profitable sort of thing. So, you know, um, it's been really good. You got advice because I know a lot of people slide away as like a solo trainer or one or, one or two guys and they think they're earning this much and they earn this much. Yeah. Um, what advice you got someone that feels like they're going to do the hamster wheel, pushing hard, pushing hard, and then getting to the end of the financial year and going, Oh, it wasn't what I thought. I think, yeah. oh, let's do the same thing again. Push, push, yeah. push, push, and the same thing happens. Well, I think you need to have a look at and see what you want firstly out of life. Like, because it, you know, being a sole trader or being like just a small couple of guys, it suits some people, but you need to figure out what you want to do first and then go from there and be like, okay, sweet, I'm happy with this level of staff. And then you need to, then you need to go backwards and be like, okay, this is how much it's going to cost me to run the company for the year or the business for the year. So then, they're my overheads. So then this is what we've got to charge. So you need to figure out, it's so, your numbers are so important. And that's one thing I didn't know at the start. And one thing now I constantly look at, because you've got to know, because there's no, no point working for free. You can go work down the road and get paid a wage, have no worries in the world at all, and earn okay money. But um, if you want to do it for yourself, just understand your numbers and then pick your, pick your market. Identify that. What's CRM's market? So our, ma our main market is service and maintenance in the um, resi and commercial field. So just, you know, bring up, we just need these bits and pieces done. And then our regular customers who like, we have just like a, um, a service relationship with where we just look after their build uh, after their building or their facility. And then we also have a couple of um, customers that we do a bit of new work for as well. And that's sort of just, that's fed in itself. I've never really chased that too hard because um, I've always been really particular. I'm more about the relationship with the project manager or a builder um, who can give you a volume of work because I think that's more important than anything at the end of the day because um, they'll value you for what you offer them and then it's the type of work that you want to do. Yeah. My old boss had a theory that um, when they asked if you got asked if he was going to give one of his major clients a Christmas present and he goes, no way. You can make Christmas present. We're providing great service. We're on time. We're on budget every time. We're killing yeah. it. Yeah, I 100%. love that. Theory. No, it's, it's an awesome theory. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a great theory. I reckon to um, to live to work by. Yeah, it's the product and the, and the value that you give the customer. Ultimately, yeah. at the end of the day, so um, that's the most important thing. I reckon that you, you're showing them the value that you offer them. And what's your um, obviously you're involved in the academy every week? All group Friday, Greg. Yep. What's your kind of favorite thing about the academy every single week? Uh, probably just get you get to enjoy other people's success. Um, even share your success as well, or a win for the week. Um, also, just sharing ideas to be like, "Hey, this is what I'm thinking of doing," and then someone will be like, "Hey, man, I did that. It was terrible. Don't ever do that again." Um, or be like, "Why was it terrible?" And that it could have just been an anomaly. But it's just really good to deal with other guys in the industry and not and learn from their mistakes as well rather than keep tripping over yourself because um, it's a community of like like-minded people um, and I, you know you're always sort of you're only as good as the people you surround yourself with yeah. and what, what do you reckon looking back like so you've been in business for four years four years, four years next month uh, in july yeah some things you're proud of um oh, i'm super proud of the fact that like i can employ people and give them work um 
I think that's super cool that you can let other people reach their dreams, whether it be they want to buy a house or they want to go on holidays, um, those sorts of things. I've also, um, I love the industry that we work in and I'm really sort of passionate about it being an awesome industry because I reckon the standards have really slipped um, over the last couple of decades. Um, so I'm all about like, I want my guys to be rock star sparkies and that's what I tell them, but also I want them to be rock star people as well. So. I'm really big on educating them and getting them to continually learn and finding what makes them tick and what they want um, out of it all. And the academy has really helped me to learn that and understand the appreciation of training because um, I think it's super undervalued in trades. And do you get in front of your guys, your staff, and they on the academy training? Yeah, so we do. So we do a weekly. Uh, so we do two meetings every week. So Tuesday morning. And Thursday morning for half an hour, we just go through various topics. It's like a toolbox. Um, we just do it online. And then every month also we catch up in person for that. And then they jump on and do the academy training. How do you find the academy training for you guys? Yeah, the boys have found it really beneficial. So they've been doing it for like the last six months now. Um, they've given me some awesome feedback actually in the last week or so where they think that they can, it can be added to and improved to benefit everyone for it all. But they've liked it. And they've liked it probably also that it's not just me the same person telling him the same things all the time. Record. Yeah. yeah. So, and I like that too, because it's someone else giving them some information. So it's a different point of view. Yeah. Cool. Tell me about wife, kids, give me some names. Yeah. So my wife, Raquel, we've been married for like seven years, I think now. Been together. Think? Yeah, I think. We always get our date wrong because it's, I think it's the 15th, 2014, or it's either the 14th, 2015. We laugh about it. Hey man, we've been out. We actually went and celebrated our anniversary one year on the wrong date. Um, so yeah, been married for seven years. We've been together for um, over a decade. Um, easy, I think, 11 or 12 years. It's funny, I actually got my best mate to thank for meeting her. So I actually met her when I was 12, um, went on a ski trip with my best mate's family and her family's really good mates with my best mate's family. So that's when we first met and then sort of, yeah, didn't see her for a few years and then, um, yeah, met her again at my mate's 21st yeah. and sort of just stayed in touch because she ended up living like literally 200 meters around the corner from me when I moved down the Gold Coast. And how, it's Raquel, right? So yeah, Raquel, How yeah. integral is Raquel like? Oh, yeah. Obviously she's involved, but so let's just not talk about the admin role at the moment. But just in general to bounce ideas off. How do you yeah. find that? Yeah, super supportive because you've got to have, a, we've got to be on the same train. Like, you know, I sat down with her actually today and was just like, hey, I'm under the pump at the moment. I just need some help. I'm going to have to do a bit of bit of work into the evenings. Um, are you cool with that? She's like, yep, I'll get on board with that and just have that communication. So it's like Monday and now we know what we're going to do this week. And then that'll relieve my stress and sort of like anxiety level, um, knowing that I've got the time to get involved and do it um, and just like knock it over and then she'll support like make sure that home's all organized and look after me that way awesome. sort of thing. So, so many kids? Yeah, so I got Arthur, he's turned five, um, he's a little legend. I got Teddy, he's uh, he turns three in July and then I got Vance, the little bulldozer, he's um, 18 months going on five. Um, so he turns, uh, he turns two in October, so yeah, they're, they're super important to me um they're sort of like my driving force for what i do now because i want them to have a wicked life um and i want to be able to spend it with them so like a really big thing for me now is moving forward is 
to utilize the academy as best I can to help get structure and support around me in the business so it enables me to spend more time with them and, and have holidays and enjoy their time growing up because it goes so fast, man. Like I remember walking out of the hospital with all of them like it was yesterday and like he's five years old now, like talking and... Do you remember the first time you put him in a car seat? Yeah, man, so I was hectic. so, so nervous. Yeah, yeah. Now like I just... Throng Driving me. like three kilometers an hour. Yeah, it was pretty, pretty special, like pretty yeah. cool. And how, uh, how helpful has that been to to have that driving force to like know what's been with my kids. How did, what do you kind of work hours? Do you, do you yeah, so, weekends or? so I try not to work weekends at all. Yeah. Um, I'm um, a bit of an early riser, so I love working in the morning. So I try and get home at a reasonable hour. Been pretty hectic lately. Got to admin stuff as well full time now. So just doing a bit of training and all that. Um, so we do a lot of hours, but um, generally like my work week tries to be, I try and get in early and get out for the afternoon to spend more time with the kids. Um, I take the kids to daycare on Wednesday mornings um, and then try and start doing more of that to sort of, I sort of sat down and just needed, figured out that I needed to put some more structure in my life um, recently. And how beneficial is staff and structure to freedom? Yeah, um, super important I feel. Um, because if you're trying to do it all yourself, you're just on the hamster wheel all the time. Whereas if you can delegate it out to other guys to do it, um, it allows you time to do other things that you enjoy um, or work on other things to enable um, them to continue to, to get the work for it all. Um, so yeah, I think it's super important. Plus the structure as well, because the thing I found and I've identified heaps lately is that you're only capable of doing so much a day so I needed to offload more things to other people to get them to do things so that it allows me to focus on what I'm good at and what I can do in the day. Yeah. And what, um, what have you offloaded? Um, so... I'll let go of reluctantly. Uh, not really reluctantly. I've never, I've never really had a problem with letting go of things. It's more about making sure I'm probably a perfectionist. So... I try and make sure that it's perfect before I let it go. Whereas I sort of realized you just got to let them run with it. So um, I don't really take any calls at all much anymore in regards to inquiry. Um, I assist with a little bit of scheduling and things like that where um, it helps out, but I try and take them more control. All my guys, they'll quote on site. Um, they'll discuss with the customer. They take payment on site. They'll do quotes for extra work and stuff on site and they just feed it back to us. So that's been game changing that side of things. And now I just got to get the admin side of things more uh, let go of so that I just do the things that I want to do. What's, I listen to a podcast and he always asks what his favorite rapper is, but I hate rappers, so don't ask me that. Give me, uh, a, give me a favorite musician though. Favorite musician? Oh, probably, I like rock, The Killers. Love The Killers. Love The Killers, uh, Hot Fuss pretty ripper i remember seeing him at the entertainment center in brizzy and yeah it was just brendan flowers man he's a showman i saw him at the metro in sydney yeah. there's a thousand people we had legit front row yeah it was the best i don't think i can get a better concert than that yeah it was wicked it he's was, the man yeah i love him they're just a showman it's just good fun yeah yeah give me your five-year goal so five-year goal is um to actually have um the business running itself so it just 
uh, operates on its own um, and so I'm removed from it so like I'm not that vital cog in the wheel anymore so that it still it still runs still functions but whether I'm there at 8 a.m. in the morning or 10 o'clock at night it doesn't matter it can run by itself so that gives me that'd be I'd be so satisfied with that um, in some formal form or another um, but yeah just to be able to do what I want um, but it still functions by itself that, that'd be awesome. and what do you want what do you enjoy doing um just go to the beach obviously love it so good um, spend time at the beach spending more time with the kids um, and probably like just spend more time with the family sort of thing like enjoy their enjoy them growing up um, go on holidays things like that um, just get enjoyment out of them um, plus also too like a bit of my time like I said beach bit of gym stuff like that and just be good fun so good and advice to yourself when you started your business just wrapped up the last question oh so yeah I'd probably say like seek some help early or find a mentor or find a group that you can gravitate towards and assist you um, don't try and do it on your own man everyone's done it before um, there's heaps of people out there so lean on them so you can grow faster and the acceleration just happens um, that's probably like my biggest, don't, like you're not a know-it-all. Like I thought I, I thought I was killing it and doing really well, but no, nah, I wasn't. I sort still of, killing it. Yeah. Still killing it. <laughs> still killing it as always. So good, man. Yeah. Thanks. Too easy. Legend. Cheers, man. That was awesome. I just want to let you guys know we've got an awesome offer where we're giving away one month free Academy Mastermind membership. That's on us, $276 worth of value and a one-on-one -on -one coaching session valued at $750 to ensure that you have the best year yet. We want to make sure that we help as many people and electricians as possible this year. Make this an awesome year, less stress, more freedom and bigger amount of growth with a better game plan and less mistakes. So if that sounds like something you want to jump onto for a limited time, go to sign up at www electricians-success-academy.com and use coupon code 2021 at the sign-up process and you'll get that $1,000 worth of coaching absolutely free. Thanks so much. I'll see you guys soon.